0: What's up, you Star Guys and Star Girls? Welcome to Star Guys, a podcast about Star Girl on the CW and DC Universe. (laughs) I'm Alex.
1: I'm Justin.
0: I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the latest episode of DC's Star Girl. Not anybody else's Star Girl. Don't you own her, unless you're DC, okay? You own the trademark then, dudes. Star Girl Brainwave. Not Brainwave Jr., which is next week. This is Brainwave, this is the first one This is a diving into the OG villain For the first two episodes of the show Finally looping back to his origin Which we'll get to in a moment Before we do though, a brief bit of recap About what has happened previously On Stargirl Pete is nodding his head no Because he's like, oh, there's so much to get through I'm not going to interrupt it Not me, not
1: Pete LePage It's his body language uh, It's hard to nod <laughs> no, I'll tell you that much And he does it somehow mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Thanks, Pete. So, previously on Stargirl, there are two opposing sides, superheroes and supervillains. The superheroes are the JSA, or more specifically, the Young JSA, the Young Justice Society. A couple of folks in Blue Valley, Nebraska, who have picked up the legacy of previous heroes. Rick Tyler is our man. Yolanda Montez is Wildcat. Beth Chapel is Dr. Midnight. And Courtney Whitmore is Stargirl. Also, Pat Dugan continues to be stripesy. Because that's all he ever was. Uh, wow. He is also Courtney's stepfather. He is he was on a couple of superhero teams, as we find out, as we'll be talking yes. about in a moment. But he uh, he he is sort of like very reluctantly helping out the young JSA. Now he's decided to become their mentor. He's coming to his own as that.
2: Not he's as the very leader much. Of the I'm team. getting too
1: old for this shit. It's like his yes, yes. basic. Hey, don't uh, interrupt
2: like... the fucking recap, man. It'll just take longer. <laughs> no, I can't believe you just shut down a good
0: discussion about Denny Glover, Pete. That seems yeah, right. Yeah, why are you alley.
1: silencing Glover?
0: Because I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> for this shit. Uh, so also on the JSA side, or rather on the side of the good folks, uh, we got to mention the rest of the Whitmore-Dugan family. That includes Barbara whitmore who works at project new america aka the american dream uh, which is a revitalization project in blue valley nebraska however it is a front for the bad guys the isa the injustice society of america who are building a machine we still don't know exactly what it is though we do get pretty specifically laid out in this episode Uh, but they have all been working together for the past decade On this project, they previously killed the original Justice Society, moved to Blue Valley, masqueraded as prominent members of society, have raised their families there, have kids of their own who have taken on—some have taken on villainous personalities, some have uh, not—and all the way in the background, they have been building up this plan. A couple of the young ISA that you probably need to know about who are super important in this episode— There's Cindy Berman, a.k.a. Shiv. She has blades that come out of her hand. She is the daughter of Dragon King, an insane scientist, also known as Dr. Shiro Ito. And she hates Courtney so much, but got sucked into the sewer by a bunch of drones last episode. Uh, So we pick up with her again this episode. Also, as mentioned earlier, Brainwave Jr., also known as Henry, he is the son of Brainwave. He is developing mental powers of his own while his father is in a coma in the hospital. And we find out a whole lot more about that this episode. Uh, the last one you probably actually need to know about is very early on. Icicle, the leader of the ISA, killed William Zarek, a.k.a. the wizard, and his son, Joey Zarek. And Joey Zarek's death in particular continues to motivate pretty much everything that happens in the plot in a very surprising way.
1: Yeah, who saw yep. that magician really popping up?
0: The You know, that's the thing, like, uh, classic sleight of hand is it's right in front of you. and You don't see the trick until it happens. You know what Ooh. I'm talking about? That's good.
1: Another great—so he faked his death. Another great thing we need to talk about is that um, Icicle is single. There's no doubt about that, and we need to just put, out, put that out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do need to mention that. Last thing we need to mention is uh, there is a kid named Mikey, and he likes to eat food.
2: Oh He yes. sucks. Fuck you. He's the greatest. (laughs) It's He's
1: only ever food adjacent. Always food. He comes with a I got to be honest,
0: we were like like two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through this episode, and I started to get real worried for this podcast because Mikey was not showing up, and I was like, oh, shit, what's Pete going to do if Mikey isn't in this episode? That's literally the only thing he's going to talk about. Let me throw this
1: out to you. We've never seen Pete fully shaved or not in a long time. He might be Mikey Oh man <laughs> Have you ever thought, have that you thought about true? that?
0: Huh So let's jump into the episode We kick off with a flashback as we have The past couple of episodes, except this one is decades ago This is before even the ISA versus JSA fight uh, And we find out What happened with Brainwave Back when he was a scientist He was experimenting on a bunch of mice We get some creepy mice with Laser
1: mice,
2: mice. That's creepy as shit, man
1: Because the thing, most scientists really need that strong green light to red light to know when an animal has passed. And that's how you know you're dealing with some good scientists.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So he's taking pills. Uh, He almost gets robbed in the parking lot. But instead, he brains the gun away and kills the robber. And then immediately, as you always do when you murder somebody, puts it on videotape. He confesses it on videotape.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because that's what you
0: got to do, for the record.
1: Right, who knew he was well, a vlogger way back in the day? Like, it's great to yeah. get that going. Um, my favorite I mean, so thing about people, the
0: tape is where he opened up, like, Hey guys, I think I killed a man tonight. Don't forget to like and subscribe.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the yeah. running to be, um, the MTV, uh, in the VJ search back in the late 90s. It was him and oh, Jesse really, Camp Who were the finalists.
2: <laughs> man, well, that's I, the thing, like, when you're you know, uh, kind of a uh, villain. And you can't have, like, a journal, you know, because you want to stay at the cutting edge of the times. You get a VHS camera and then mm-hmm. slowly record every day of your life since you murdered somebody. You know what I mean? That's pretty good,
0: Pete, but I want to get back to the I want to be a VJ thing because I got a couple more <laughs> jokes about that. <laughs> I was really pulling for Braidwave, but I heard that, like, the, on the internet they stuffed the vote at the last second for Jesse Camp, and that's why he lost.
1: It's <laughs> fucked up. It's unbelievable. Yeah, Yeah. Dave Holmes is right there, too. He's pissed. I can't believe I know (laughs) this much about that, by the way. (laughs)
0: Uh, That is, I feel like for a certain generation, actually, the I want to be a VJ finale is seared in your memory as like this horrific thing that you could not believe was happening at the time. I'm
1: working on a a theory that draws a direct line from uh, Jesse Camp winning that contest to Donald Trump becoming president.
2: Oh, shit. When you guys it's, are done, it's a straight. Line that's very short. Yeah. Sorry, Pete. When you guys oh, are when you guys are done flexing how old you are. Can we get back to the fucking episode? <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sorry, Pete. We did all grow up watching
0: the reboot of Beavis and Butthead that hasn't come out yet. Like you, who was just yeah.
1: bored. Okay, Mikey, tell us what it's like to skateboard. <laughs> Is it a cool hanging okay, out with young these young Hawk? <laughs>
0: Anyway, so he uh, tapes the tape, uh, and then it turns out it's the present, and Henry is watching he sees his father's yes. costume. He sees a pic of his mom that has a little bit of a brainwave. Uh, and then he starts to watch through all the tapes, starting with day one. And this is basically his training montage uh, where he goes through what is up, Pete, what?
2: Okay, so I really, you know, you know, I like when uh, things are like uh, to be continued and then pick right up where they left off. It was a real nice moment where we saw the tape where he was like, I killed the guy. And then Henry puts in the tape, picks right up from that spot. That's impressive.
0: <laughs> uh, that's great. The note yeah, what I are the of that I wrote down after him lining pulling, up like that. I mean, come on. The note I wrote down after him pulling out all those VHS tapes and having a VHS player is what is this Riverdale?
2: Which oh, made me, yeah, made
0: me laugh at the time. So, there well, go. I
2: think you know, TV really reflects the pulse, mm-hmm. and right now mm-hmm. the kids are really into the VHS, and yeah. television is really repping that hard right now.
0: Yeah, you hear that, kids? Drop your TikToks, they're owned by China You pick up uh, VHS tapes instead You know what I'm
1: talking yeah. about? What was that? Good old American America. VHS tapes Nothing that? more old American Ch-
2: than a VHS you, tape You've never sounded more old and more white Than that fucking statement That, that was fucking weird
1: That classic American company, Toshiba <laughs>
0: Uh, So, yeah, uh, basically, we get a lot of information here. It is a brain dump, a brainwave, if you will, uh, where we find out that the original brainwave, Henry Sr., got these headaches pretty much up until he killed Ben. And then he... Was fine. He was able to move things with his mind. He's able to manipulate them. Uh, Henry plays around with his abilities a little bit as well. As we see later in the episode, uh, he's able to throw a knife in the wall. He's able to make videotapes dance around him. Lots of stuff going on that we'll get to in a moment. Uh, But the main thing to take away is this is Henry finally understanding and connecting with his father. In addition, also finding out that... Henry's dad, grandfather, was also very mean to his dad and hung him over a well, which yep. uh, my main takeaway from this episode through various things oh is
2: lots of good parenting advice this week. Hmm. OK, so first off, again, creepy wells. All right. People hate well. Stay the fuck away from it. Here's Any the thing, time Pete, you, st-
1: you hate wells, but you love fresh water. What do you
2: yeah. do? <laughs> you, go, you go to a river or a fucking stream or a fountain. Get the fuck away from a well, man. What I don't understand, though, is you hate wells, but you love cisterns, which is very
0: confusing.
1: Very confusing. Yeah.
2: Now, so let me ask you A um, toilet's
1: just a well that you poop in.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> gross. That's, that's why, that why I always just make gross. a wish right before. Oh, I don't <laughs> want to know any details like that. Alex so is making I swa- another I wish. <laughs> I swallow a bunch of petties every day. Oh just my god. god, that is awful. <laughs> to eliminate the middleman, uh, I don't want. I don't even want to. I don't even want to touch that. Uh, so uh, it's a little you disappointing because you know a lot of people get training montages, but Henry's montage is just like a him watching VHS tapes, which is we all know is it takes a lot out of you changing the tape every time. You know you can't just mm-hmm. binge. You know you gotta you gotta take the tape out. You gotta rewind it. 'Cause if you don't rewind the tape after you Oh, that's just a nightmare. You think he's be kind rewinding. Yeah, you gotta. You can't just Yeah, yeah. You're the young one on the podcast, Pete. (laughs) Yeah,
1: definitely. (laughs) Yeah, you're only talking about VHS tapes. You're complaining about kids using VHS tapes. Yeah. So Uh, over to
0: Courtney. Courtney tells Pat about uh, what happened last episode. There's a big climactic Lockies. battle where Courtney was fighting Shiv. Henry came up. They could all hear each other's thoughts. Uh, Henry didn't know what to going on, and eventually he blasted them. Not exactly to safety, but away from each other. So uh, I, I just want to mention straight off, like... I like what they're doing with the Courtney Pat relationship now. That it feels yeah. like they've come to an understanding. They're a little more equal in the partnership, which is something that we've wanted all along. Yeah. Yeah. And what I like about I it think... is
1: Courtney's established herself as this like hopeful, trusting, yeah. like uh, character, while Pat's the more like, hey, let's slow down and take it easy. Which is, yeah, it flips he's a the more... sort of. It flips the sidekick hero relationship in a fun way, I think, um, and uh, it's really—I think Courtney really shines in this episode because of that.
2: Yeah, I think it's—it's it's nice because it's like you have the grizzled vet and the uh, you know a new person who thinks they can uh, change the world. So it's a fun team-up of kind of like, we should do this. And Pat's like, well, you know, um, you know, the, the family's evil. The father was evil. He's probably going to be evil. And she's like, no, I read his thoughts. You know, maybe we can turn him to the good side here. So I like the idea that she's fighting for that because... With her track record, she stumbled across three heroes very easily. So why wouldn't Henry also be a hero in her world? You know, it makes sense to me. I I like this. I can understand where she's coming from.
0: Well, uh, this is jumping ahead because one of the big discussions of the episode is Don't should do it they then. Ha- hold on? Should they have Henry join the JSA? And we get a pretty clear split here where Beth is like. Well, I don't know. Let's think about it. He could be a really good asset. Courtney completely is completely on board. Rick is like, hell no, that guy's bad news. His dad was bad yeah. news, and so is he, which is kind of funny, of course, coming from Rick. Uh, he right. certainly looks to legacy quite a bit. And Yolanda, of course, has, I think, the strongest argument, and certainly the first thing I thought of when they were being recruited, is yeah. however it happened, he leaked her nudes. And that is yeah. fucked up and unforgivable. And even if they want to make sure he doesn't go bad, he should not be on the team, I think.
2: Yeah, and also... For uh, the sake he of was the team? Way, he mm-hmm. was way too casual. Henry was like, what, are you still mad about that? Like, are you fucking kidding me, dude?
1: Well, the, the, the JSA backstory aside, I feel like this episode does a good job of, of showing Henry floating between being good or evil
2: throughout the yeah. episode. And, like, and what sucks is... The male nurse pushed him over to the dark side. Like, he was like, mm-hmm. you know, Courtney gives him this big talk, like, hey, you got to look deeper. People are better. It's about love. And then the fucking male nurse shows up and is thinking horrible thoughts. And then he's like, fuck it, I'm evil. Uh, I'll just mention it's just nurse, Pete. <laughs> That's a good point. My bad. Yeah.
1: No, sorry. Right. Pete lives in um, inside the Robert De Niro classic movie, Meet the Parents. <laughs> hey pete i have nipples
0: can you milk me
1: i wouldn't want to oh, okay what if right. it was the last source of milk on earth Alex's i would nipples. Die. yeah what if you I really want, wanted ice die. cream what if you really wanted a milkshake <laughs> i will say the milk so, that comes out of alex is pre-shaken It's true.
0: I'm always jumping around. So then we get a bunch of a really cool Easter eggy backstory for comic book fans, but something that, of course, is going to pay off on the show both immediately and I think long term as well. We get a whole long scene. Pat explains that Dr. Ito is also known as the Dragon King. Um, He... And Sylvester Pemberton, a.k.a. the original Starman, were both in a team called the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Now, if you're not familiar with them for the comics, they, like he describes, predate the JSA and the Justice League. And they were really, in comics, one of the first attempts to be like, let's take these single characters and throw them together on a team. Yeah, And it didn't really work. Here come a bunch (laughs) of weirdos
1: that don't have anything in common.
0: Right. And I thought this whole scene was very fun with Courtney appropriately pointing out, like, uh, you got a cowboy and like uh, other dude, yeah, I, is going the on.
2: The YMCA dig was a little much, Courtney. You know, I mean, come on.
0: Yeah. Uh, but we do get a, a couple of characters established beyond. Uh, Stripesy and Starman uh, We find out about Shining Knight Who, if you've been paying attention to the show You know what's going on there oh. um, The Vigilante Crimson Avenger and Wing uh, And there's at least, my count is off But I think there's like two more there Because as they mentioned, there's eight members Even yeah. though there's seven there's Seven. Yeah. And I feel like the joke there is that Stripesy wasn't Part of it, yeah. right? Yeah Yeah
1: he was uh, well, and he was—he's always been a sidekick. Um, and now yeah, the yeah. fact that he's still sidekicking for a teenager is—I hope they actually recon- or deal with that uh, in a fun way. Um, but I, I like the idea of an older sidekick; it flips the script. Me too. Uh,
0: and the last little detail we got is that Doctor Ito built a living weapon to destroy New York. They beat him, and then they all lost touch, and he's wondering where they
1: are. Maybe Yo, that, line, to like... that line was cra- I lost touch with them. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I really wish I knew hilarious. where they were. <laughs> Cut to the <laughs> creepy janitor.
0: Yes, uh, well, and I do think, like, beyond the janitor, we're gonna see more members of the seven soldiers of victory going forward. That to me feels like a further down the road thing. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned. Yes, we get the janitor, he's mopping up, his mop begins to glow. It turns out it's the cosmic staff, but it's not. He drops it, and it's just his mop. So clearly some stuff is going on in his brain that we'll be dealing with in, uh, I want to say, approximately two episodes
1: time. But that's a classic Sweet. janitor who doesn't sleep hallucination. Um, oh, yeah. As we establish, he's working both the day and night shift, and he's gonna, any janitor is going to start to imagine uh, magic mops. Yeah,
2: yeah, especially with all those cleaning products around, you're going to see exactly. small mops all day.
1: Yeah. You mix that ammonia and uh, bleach, man, it's the ultimate high. And it also <laughs> kills you.
0: <laughs> so I over to Cindy's house where Beth is using her Dr. Midnight goggles. It's completely empty. Cindy has withdrawn from Blue Valley High, but in fact... She's being held in prison in the sewer by her dad. Again, another yeah. great parenting tip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She complains about Courtney and Henry. And again, uh, we've talked about this the past couple of episodes, but like the relationship between Shiv and Dragon King is so good. The way that they yeah. play it out with the yeah. father-daughter thing, but they're both fucked up at the same time.
2: Uh, Agree. Yeah. A lot of great things with, uh, with that. But first, I just want to... I'm sure you guys got... Uh, Threatened as children to be thrown into the dungeon with Grundy, right? Like that, to me, it was like, okay, there's a timeout, you know, there's, you know, but then there's the Grundy cell block. So I feel like that's always a good thing to have in the back pocket if you're a father.
1: Yeah. Are you spanking your children? Are you Grundying your children? Was the big debate. Yeah, exactly. I do the
0: the other thing the Dragon King does when they get a little too wild and start using their blades to try to open the doors, I just gas them.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. He he admits that he gassed her as a baby. Again, yeah, great father tips. is maybe not the right word, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does that. We also get confirmation that she, in fact, killed her mom, which they've been dancing around for the past couple of episodes, which is pretty upsetting. I'm going to guess it was an accident, like mm-hmm. something that happened to her when she was a kid. She
2: accidentally shivved
1: her mom? I would think yeah. tantrum. I think it's tantrum. Mm-hmm. So you can call that an accident. I call that an accident, yeah. You think so, though? Anything you do when you're angry is an accident? Yeah, I don't (laughs) think so. Wow, Pete, you disagree? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're ever hauled in for murder, first thing you're going to say to the judge is, in my defense, I was angry.
2: I don't know if that's a defense. It's a fact.
1: How quickly do you go to, to plead insanity, Pete? Like, first thought,
2: third thought? No, I know. I own my rage. Also, it's hard to take you seriously, Justin, when you're rocking in a rocking chair while you're talking to us. Can you laugh as
1: well? I'm enjoying this mint tulip on a porch. How am I not (laughs) going to rock?
2: Really unbelievable.
0: Uh, Well, back in my day, a VHS tape, it was uh, one of those round things that spun around that you shine light through that I'm blanking the day on. You talking (laughs) about (laughs) a (laughs) zoetrope? Oh, Zotrop! Oh, there you go—the original
1: VHS tape. Now so we got we these the hard light holograms we're uh, generating, and we interact with. <laughs> Why? Just the other day, I pretended to be Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Will I am stops by a lot in holograph form, of course. <laughs> uh, Pete, are you loving this? Nope. Great, you started so- it. My brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get that conversation from earlier at this point uh, where the group discusses whether they should let Brainwave in. Um, Yolanda leaves. She's super pissed off. She's like, I'm not going to be uh, in the JSA if she's with him. And, yes. you know, she's right. Yes. I mean, she should not be there.
1: Well, uh, that, then, again, that's whoa, what I liked whoa, whoa, about whoa, this, this episode. This episode positioned everybody in perfectly true spots against each other. And I thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what Wait, I was saying, you, Pete, is that they're, putting Henry
2: on a team with Yolande is wrong. Okay. And I thought Yolanda, you said Wildcat do, doesn't deserve to be on the team. And I was very angry. Yes, I know. That's why I was clarifying so we didn't okay. fight the rest of the
0: episode. So... Well, then uh, we get the a lot of explanation about what is going on in Brainwave's head and the motivation for Henry going forward. Basically, Brainwave read everybody's minds and everybody had terrible thoughts. He yeah. killed a man who had awful thoughts about a woman, but then found out everybody had bad thoughts. And he, his ultimate conclusion is, at the very core, people are monsters. I hate them. Now...
1: Yes, I would also argue, though, he also was suddenly associated that killing someone relieved his brain headaches. Mm.
2: Uh, Yes. His brain aches. But also, like, it's weird to me that you're judging people on their thoughts. You can have bad thoughts, but that doesn't make you a bad person. It's the people who act on bad thoughts, you know? But that's what... Uh, that's what Courtney says to Henry later on. That's her whole speech to him. She says that like, she's talking about like, you have to dig deeper into thoughts and like really see the love there, which is a different point. I'm saying, yeah, so what if I walk around fantasizing about punching everybody in the, in the face that I walk by, that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just (laughs) means maybe I have some issues in my head. That doesn't mean outside I'm doing anything wrong.
1: Now, Pete, real quick, are you talking about a character in the show, or have we dipped into any sort of personal? I'm just
2: I'm just trying <laughs> to give an example, some real-life hypothetical examples. example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Good, hypothetical. Cool. Any
0: other any other things that hypothetically you might be imagining lately? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think uh, that's a good idea, but I just think that it's weird that all of a sudden, just because you can read thoughts, that's not. That doesn't encapsulate uh, who the person is. You can have random weird thoughts all the time. That doesn't mean you're, you know, you're a bad person. Well
1: in the I JS mean, they have this discussion of like, can people change or are they set in their ways? And I think yeah. that's sort of the thoughts versus actions is is another iteration of that same argument. And I mean, we'll talk about this in a minute, but we the episode falls pretty hard on one side of that.
0: Yes, well, I think also I think we could kind of talk, keep going and talk about this. Now, the I do think that's the difference between superheroes and supervillains. You know that like a superhero is somebody who believes, okay, these are bad thoughts that somebody has, but that isn't the whole of the person. There can right. be more to them. And the supervillain, which is Brainwave, for example, is like people have bad thoughts; they're bad, and whether he associates it or not, it's the continue, the dot, dot, dot is like me, who is also bad. So he's right. using it as, like you were saying, Justin, a way of propelling his bad behavior, his terrible behavior forward. And
1: I also think this plays to, into the the ISA's ultimate plan, which is involving some machine where they can like broadcast the mind control across six states, I think they said. I feel yeah, like they're trying states. to create a world where they are the arbiters of what is good and what is evil. And because they themselves are evil, it... No matter what their intentions are, because I do think Icicle has some like, quote unquote, good intentions with whatever this evil plan is, but it is inherently evil because they themselves have no moral center.
2: Yes. Well, it's weird that you talk about Icicle like that because he straight up killed the musician and his son, and it seems like he didn't, you know, he didn't need to do that.
1: I agree, but he still thinks he has good intentions. He thinks that he's killing them to further a purpose because they are about to expose or bail on their big plan. And they're trying to create a utopia for, like, the next generation or whatever. Um, But he's still evil, but he still thinks he has good intentions. Yeah, we talked
0: about this a bit in, I think, the last episode. Or we've talked about this a couple of times in different ways. But the members of the ISA all have different levels of morality. Like, at this point, Sportsmaster and Tigress are essentially parody is the wrong word. I'm blanking on the word, but they're like, they're very broad. They're basically like, ah, we like doing evil crimes. Yay. Crimes. Crimes are cool. And that's pretty much the level that they're at. Gambler, I think is also kind of at that level, maybe even a little more sadistic fiddler. We don't know about yet. Uh, Dragon King clearly is like, give me more bodies to experiment on and including my daughter. Uh, And that's all he loves. But to your point, Justin, Justin, Icicle is a little more nuanced than that. He is trying to do things to protect America, to protect his family, but he has no moral compunctions about killing people or
2: doing whatever he needs to do to get his goals. And that's where uh, he goes wrong. I, uh, I agree with you though. I think you're missing out on the gambler. I think he is more evil than you're giving him credit because he also littered. And that is just mm. fucking mm. ridiculous. It's
1: truly so. the most evil thing. And another thing we should talk about is um, Icicle's, um, uh, insane h- hotness and heat that he has with Barbara that we see a, a great no, deal. Let's now. not
2: jump the fucking shark yet. Okay. One thing <laughs> I would shark. like to point, I would, one thing I would like to point out though, is sorry, that, is that a, uh, fuck shark? Uh, <laughs> I don't. So one thing I would like to talk about though, is Icicle doesn't seem to be putting his evil shit on his son. It seems like the son is kind of like excused, From all of Icicle's fucking madness.
0: Well, I think that's based on what we're about to get to in a second, a question going forward, right? Like, I think certainly from the perspective of the audience, we feel like Cameron is a good kid who is not involved in anything that's going on with Icicle, but we don't really know 100% for sure. That could be a twist later on, but... It's not confirmed either way.
1: And what do we think about the um, uh, Icicle's parents? Like, pretty cool people, or do you think they're Why at all evil? would you say that. that <laughs> are they, you the think most... they're evil
2: at all? The, they are the most, like, that Hitler evil prayer moment was kind of the creepiest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life.
1: Like, uh, that's confidence to be like, no one here speaks Danish. Let's say our evil prayer. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh, but first, though, we do get a meeting from the ISA, which I've. Kind of felt like it was sort of unintentionally funny just because of all the sitting down, standing up business where yeah. Dragon King comes in. They're like, hello, Dragon King. And he says, it's Dr. Edo, please. Yeah. Which was
1: <laughs> very it was goofy. pleasant. It felt like an Elks Feel- Club in a good way where it was just like, look at these dudes right. being dumb with each other.
2: But yeah. also like uh, the Dragon King's like little uh, puppets were like having a hard time walking and moving around, which was kind of funny to mm-hmm. watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the show is going for that, right? They are supposed to be like... Not goofy, but right on that line between Campy, goofy and evil. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Yes, camping, so yeah. that whole thing where he's like, may I sit down? And then he sits down and then he's like, yeah. he stands up to deliver the news immediately. Yeah. It was just a silly bunch of business. Uh, but he explains to them, as you mentioned earlier, that uh, Henry Jr. is a telepath, so they could use his powers. The amplifier could broadcast in six, t- six states. Um I didn't completely check them, but it seemed like six very unpopulous states to me.
1: Yeah. What? Like, they're going to get after Kansas, Oklahoma. hmm Yeah,
0: Others. they're going to get, like, very six very low population states. You
2: what know? Is, that's six states, man. It's, you know, I don't know what the well, population is. Well,
0: all I'm saying is, like, start at California or something, right? There's Why? a lot of people there. Go to New York. There's a lot of people there. Texas.
2: These you got to know. If you do it in those states, you'd kind of take over states that nobody's really like, oh, okay, I can take over this state. Maybe no one will notice. Make a little bit more noise in another state. Slowly take over. So then okay. when you tack like New York or California, the bigger states, you've got more people and you can really make a dent. We should you play risk. To too hard, we should too play early, risk. Play-
1: <laughs> There's a couple different <laughs> strategies flying around here. Yeah. Pete yeah. feels Wait, like risk an Australian guy. Castle risk. He wants to, Pete <laughs> wants to us hook up in Australia and slowly move out. Well, Alex is like, I'm yeah. going to take North America and just bomb ass in every direction.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was how I played. So there we go. Yeah, uh,
2: also, all right. So uh, at wait, that wait, point,
0: wait, wait. we do get.
2: Wait, yes, wait. Pete. There's, yes, so what? Like a vampire has to ask to come in, a dragon has to ask to sit down. You can't just, if you're a dragon, you can't just sit right. down at a table. You have to ask. That's just that is semi- a very mm-hmm. famous
1: thing about dragons dating all the way back yep. to our theory and legend. Um, a, da- a dragon may take a damsel, but it must ask to sit.
0: Yeah. Well, this is why Arthur founded the round table, right? Because he wanted to keep all the dragons away, and they were always trying to, they were always after his lucky chairs.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> yep. That's 100% true. There you go.
0: That was too many
1: things at the same time.
0: All right, so uh, (laughs) Jordan at this point is looking at some files of some men, clearly the men that uh, helped kill his wife, most likely, I believe. Uh, When Barbara enters... She apologizes for Abruptly leaving uh, To uh, Last episode Sorry Yeah, yeah uh, When, when she Courtney was, in the, was in the hospital He says she has Absolutely nothing to Apologize for uh, And he gives this Very sweet explanation About how the project Cost him time away From his son But it doesn't feel A sense of accomplishment His wife would cook him Dinner after he finished a big project, but she's gone. So Barbara invites him over for Barb, a what are you sexy doing? dinner just for two. Barb, what
2: are you doing, Barb? First off, I would like to, to say something to Justin. He always complains that there's no magic between him. When they hugged, when Pat and Barb hugged and Pat was going to tell her everything, uh, that was there was some sparks flying. You're right. That was just residual heat
1: off the uh, Barbara Icicle. She was like just running hot. And she's like, I'll guess I'll hug Pat. Mm -hmm. And that's what you saw, Pete. But what we really got going on here.
0: It's like the scene at the oven with Courtney and Pat when she's like feel the heat coming from the oven. And he's like, "Ah, it doesn't seem that strong anymore. Same sort of thing. It was a whole metaphor for
1: It's definitely a metaphor. And Icicle knows what's up. So, of course, for his big date, he brings over his parents. And his son. <laughs> yeah,
2: yes. that creepy approval shit was really fucking weird at the end of that night.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, we very briefly get a nurse, gender not determined, comes in, uh, checks on <laughs> Uh The nurse thinks about never liking him. He's been in there for months. They should terminate life support. Uh, at which point, Henry falls on the side of all people are monsters and takes his dead hand. Now, back to a scene I'm sure... Pete liked quite a bit because it's at the pit stop. Yes, Pete.
2: Okay, so uh, first off, I understand, like, not liking Henry. Like, that's definitely, if I was a nurse, I would be like, yo, you fucking suck, dude. You're a piece of shit. But then going to that person and be like, yo, you should get this guy of life support, I felt like it was a little extra step that I wasn't on board with the nurse there. So I was a little disappointed in that nurse for that part.
1: Well, it's just an okay. everyday thing for that nurse. It's like, uh, Pete, you love uh, Subway meatball subs, but if you had to make them all day every day, you'd be like, fuck this sandwich.
2: Oh, <laughs> interesting. All right. Or I would be like making them and also eat, like make one eat one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You would drown so, in meatballs, you're saying? Yeah,
0: yeah. Would you do like a Lucy Ricardo type situation with a coming down the
2: conveyor belt? Yeah, showing that age, bro. Flex There's the true star geezer. There's the true star That was a black and white TV show, you (laughs) old as fuck guy. Well,
0: now I used to watch it on my (laughs) zoetrope. So at the pit stop, Pat is looking at some enormous books. Rick and Beth come in to talk to Pat. Uh, Rick thinks it's a classic anti-Pat plan. To record, yep. recruit Henry, yep. uh, fun line there. Uh, but Pat has figured out that there is a tunnel network in Blue Valley. Smart. That is probably why the ISA came there. And he's also realized that the ISA has been there on purpose. They were not running away. They were trying to hide here. They were trying to come up with a plan here. Uh, so he puts... Rick and Beth to work Says part of being a superhero is actually doing The work which I thought was a great lesson But Rick Mm. of course is like no I'm gonna do some other work I'm uh, I'm Aaron Paul In Breaking Bad basically That's my voice (laughs) bitch
1: Yeah nice
0: Yes. Uh, So he's going to crack the code in his dad's journal. Uh, I don't think we check back in with him at all later, but I assume that'll come into play next episode. Uh, At which point we get a great scene with Courtney visiting Henry at the hospital. Even though I'm anti Henry joining the JSA, I thought the whole way this was played out was really good. We talked about the conversation a little bit before, uh, but one of the great lines, uh, she says, behind the pain and fear, it's all about love. People want love and to be loved, which I thought was great.
2: I thought it was really cool the way she checked him. She was like, nah, you've got it wrong. You're just looking on the surface, man. Shit goes deeper than that. Yeah.
1: It was a real uh, philosophy lesson, uh, like straight under Moulin Rouge, um, armchair philosophy, and she gives it to him hard.
2: Well, she's like, stop, you know, stop being so surface, you know, stop looking for excuse to be evil, fucking, you know, love is where it's at, you piece of shit. Yeah,
1: that's. uh, Uh, I mean, I also
0: like what eventually pushed them over the edge, though the fact that she was like, I can't imagine what it would have been like to have him as a father, and he's still, uh, he's still got his father's back even after all of this, showing how tight. Those family bonds are Um, plus maybe the abuse and the gaslighting that's happened from his father as well. So it's all very sad and fucked up, but it's played off in the right way. And then we get that big dinner. Uh, Barbara's making family dinner for eight. She's freaking out. Pat says he's going to help, but he's got to tell her something first. Courtney stops him, says, yes, I have to tell you, I failed the history test. Um, Tells him not to say a word. He's like, no more lying. Uh, which sets up the end of the episode. We'll get to it in a moment. At which point, as we mentioned, the whole Mackens family comes over. Courtney oh. is very excited to see Cameron. Jordan likes their house. What I loved about this dinner, and Pete, I know you're going to hate this, but like the dynamic was basically Pat being like, "Well, I'm the beta guy here now. All right, take it away, Jordan. You're the father yeah. of this whole family."
2: Well, yeah, he he gave up the off, goat very fast. Well, first off, we got back up the truck a little bit. When you open the door and there's that kind of like a shot where it's like the American flag and like this fucking whole family there. That was a that was a nice kind of like dark evil shot that was kind of crazy that I really liked. I wanna give a shout out to. And I also wanna talk about how um, you know, Barb probably pulled Mike aside, and we, and you know, it's too bad that, you know, there isn't like a longer version of this episode that we could watch, because I'm sure it was cut <laughs> out and it's probably gold. Where Barb was kind of like, listen, Mike, you've got to fucking take it down a notch, all right? There can't be any fucking volcanoes. You can't be like throwing fucking candy in the ceiling or whatever you're going to do. You've got to be cool because we're bringing over this evil ass family to eat with us. And, and to Mike he credit, was credit. And,
1: and Mikey was like, but, Bob, I got this boiled chicken log flume thing I want to do where the
2: chicken comes yeah. in. Hey! Have you, I'm catapulting fucking chickens over here. So <laughs> I think that I was impressed with Mike in this episode because he fucking, he knows when to turn it on and when to turn it off. And when you're around yeah. some evil Hitler family, you turn that shit fucking off.
1: I think the lesson I, here is that Mikey really grew up in uh, today. And we're going to yeah. really see that play forward. He was going to be a totally different person next episode and not just <laughs> same old Mikey. No, Mikey's going
2: to be Mikey in the greatest way, but he also knows when there's fucking evil people afoot and he's got to turn it down a bit.
0: It's crazy that you're saying all this when the one thing that he did in the episode is they were like, Jordan, would you like some more chicken and dumplings? And he says, uh, Yes, I would love some more chicken and dumplings. Mikey's like, Great. Takes them, scoops them, puts them on his own plate like a total
2: asshole. Hey, that's Mikey turning it down for you. If you can't handle okay. Mikey at a two, you're fucked. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, because normally he would um, jump up on the table and throw his feces at the guests. <laughs> Well, I don't know
2: about that, but he definitely chucked some dumplings.
0: I kind of want to put if you can't handle Mikey at a two, you're fucked. I'd like some sort of motivational poster.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: put it in offices. Mikey everywhere. doing Mikey, of the a
1: picture of Mikey doing double guns right at the camera. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll see what I can do about that. Uh, very brief scene in the middle there, though. We get Henry in the hospital. Yolanda in full costume attacks him. Nobody has any pretense that there's any sort of secrets at this point, which yeah. I kind of like. Like, I like me sort too. of just moving past it uh, and going for it, uh, but real rough. And she's like, You stay away from me. You stay away from Courtney. You stay with her family, or I will kill you. Straight yeah. up.
1: Yeah, he, and he was scene. trying to be nice in that moment. Um, so I think. He keeps wavering back and forth between this on this good evil uh, metric, and he's coming off the Courtney bump of like, oh, I, I can be good, and then she's super harsh to him with good reason. Um, he's trying yeah. to be nice, oh, and that that pushes him back toward the um, what happens at the end of the episode.
0: Now, we do get a thing that I, I really liked how this was directed uh, and the fact that it was really not scored at all. We get Courtney taking the dish out of the oven. There's more chicken and casserole, chicken casserole, I guess, chicken and dumplings, excuse me. Uh, it's super hot. She brings it over to Jordan and Jordan immediately picks it up. And the whole thing, like, they could have moved through that very quickly, but I appreciated the fact that they spent time to build the tension there, just have her yeah. bring it over, no music below it, and just have this realization slowly come over her. I thought that was very yeah.
1: nice. I agree. Yeah, it was a I'm, great detective moment for her and very superheroic, I thought.
2: And I also like the distraction of him like looking up, so not really re- paying attention to what he's doing. But I also wondered if he kind of did it on purpose to be like, you know, like, what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? I'm fucking Icicle. Yeah. Uh, Well, and then we uh, she
0: also gets the realization, as we mentioned earlier, that if Jordan is Icicle, as she tells Pat, then does that mean Cameron is also a bad guy? So let's touch back on that. What do you guys think? Is he a bad guy or is he just like a nice guy that Icicle is keeping out of this?
2: It seems like he's his own. Yeah, he gets to kind of operate separate from Icicle. Because he doesn't seem as cold as his father and as evil and as douchey. And uh, not so much of a wrecker, You know what I mean?
1: I want to think that too. And I uh, I sort of felt that way for mo- for the most part. But I think it's going to be a reveal that he is evil going forward. I think he and Courtney will get a little <sighs> closer. And then I think he will betray her. Uh, because the thing don't, with, uh, with Icicle and, and his son is... They're together constantly. Like, he does like to spend time with them. We saw that dinner scene of them. Like, I don't know. I think he's going to end up being bad.
0: Uh, no. That would be very sad, though, if it yeah. does happen. Uh, but Jordan likes Courtney. Uh, he has a very ridiculous, like, pregnant pause thing where, like, I know about you, that you're a good girl. See you later. And then leaves. That was Simpsons
1: esque in its uh, play out. I thought. <laughs>
0: Yes, Uh, and then we get a very big scene that kind of changes everything. She runs downstairs. Pat is there. She gets the staff. These kids recognize Icicle's scent so that they can confirm that it is, in fact, him. When Barbara comes downstairs, sees the staff, and says, what the hell is that?
2: How are they going to get out of this guys? Barb knows. Barb knows. This is great. I don't want to dance around this anymore. Stop lying to your wife, Pat. This is great. You got to fucking... You gotta be on the same page. Stop I'm lying to so your so stop lying to she... your
1: roommate. Stop lying to your roommate that's also your wife, Pat.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh fuck you yeah. for saying it like that. I think it's Well, here's um... the thing though. I just want to add that like
0: if Barb gets really pissed at Pat about this, they might continue to sleep in separate beds in
2: separate rooms. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, what what are you even doing? <laughs> wow. Whose side they're, are you on? Are you rooting good for friends. Icicle, you piece of shit? I mean, kind of They do have a lot of chemistry oh, Who and a of chemistry? Shit? He's evil Barbara,
0: Barbara's like, hey, came home from work Are we having dinner? I don't even care Versus like, oh god, my boss is coming over I love him so much I have to cook the most wonderful dinner
2: It's a, your boss, there is a certain thing to that You fucking asshole I guess Yes. I don't know, I would asshole.
0: never invite my boss home for dinner First of all Yeah what a weird uh, thing for people to do,
2: you're, yeah, you're exactly,
1: awful. like I don't I invited Pete over for dinner and tried to do the best I could to make a good meal, yeah, but you set up a
0: date at the same time, right? That's true, yeah,
1: and we eventually got Jedi married
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we move on to the next thing? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so in the hospital, Henry is approached by his father's attorney, um I think we could say male attorney, is that correct, Pete? Yep. That's correct. Okay. Yep. Uh, and he <laughs> says that he left instructions if he was on limited brain function. Uh, but it turns out the lawyer needs money. Uh, he thinks about it. He faked the papers. It's all right there on the surface. Uh, Henry gives the lawyer a seizure, at which point, Brainwave walks up says, Junior, what's going on? Yeah. Huge cliffhanger. What
2: yeah. do you that's, thinks? that's just the classic thing you do anytime. Uh, you know, somebody's in a coma, if you sacrifice an evil lawyer, they will wake up. That's just mm-hmm. 101.
1: That's classic med school training right there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. It seems like um Brainwave, it seems shocked of what's going on with Henry. He's not like, ah, of course, the powers I anticipated on you inheriting from me. So right. do we have a thing in the ISA that they were meant to, shelter their children and not have them involved in it and they're trying to create this utopia where they can raise them and have normal lives and uh, Dragon King went rogue and did what he did?
2: Or is it more because- the other way? Go ahead. Because Brainwave was testing his son. He was pissed that his son didn't have his powers. He wanted his son to have powers. I think it's just, you know, the fact that he's coming out of this coma, there's a lot he's missed, and then he's just kind of like, "What is is this a dream? Is this real? Because I'm sure the father has been daydreaming about his son taking his powers and murdering evil lawyers. Um.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if, like... Once he finds out that Henry is going to be hooked up to whatever this machine is instead of him, if he'll back off a little bit, if we'll get a little humanity off of Brainwave. Um, I also wonder if he's going to have his memory or anything like that. Not that it matters that he knows that Courtney is Stargirl because everybody knows that Courtney is Stargirl. Yeah. Um, but I think the big thing, because next episode is called, titled Brainwave Jr., is we're going to get a resolution on which side... Henry falls on and I, I, I feel like ultimately it's going to be the good side, even though he's still going to end up hooked up on the machine.
2: Yeah. I think because he's going to realize as much as he, like his dad in a coma seems cool, but when his dad gets out of the coma, he's going to realize how much he hates his dad and he's going to, going to go against his dad. But you know, right now, while his dad's in a coma, he's kind of fighting for him. Because he's hoping maybe a new dad will emerge, a nicer dad that isn't a complete fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. So a coma Our can't a new change dad you.
0: has emerged. <laughs> 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 Let's
2: hope so, man. Select. Maybe your a coma do
1: him good. <laughs> Ready, Dad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh before we wrap up here, who we, was we... Yes Pete. I just want to say real quick before we get to that part. Uh, the music in the show and also the lack of music at certain points has been really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I love the use of Insane in the Membrane by Cypress Hill. I was surprised episode. you
1: didn't bring that up. I thought for sure you were going to love that Insane mm-hmm. in the
2: Membrane. I did, and I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so who is the star of the episode? Pete, will start with you. I assume Cypress Hill
2: is your answer? Ooh, yeah. Um... I don't know. I kind of want to say the cosmic staff in this episode, you know, appeared with the janitor, which I was excited about. Um, mm-hmm. But, hmm,
1: hmm. And you liked that the staff w- exposed itself to Barb.
2: I'm going to go with the Dragon King because uh, Mike's the obvious answer, but I really liked how Dragon King... Uh, felt comfortable in his parenting enough to uh, reveal that, yeah, you know, you can gas your kids when they're young and they don't know any better, you know? Nice.
0: Justin, what about wow. you? Who was the star of the episode?
1: I got to give it up for Courtney. I mean, I thought she had a great episode of the way that she um, really was both a great superhero, a great friend, um, really someone trying to bring out the best in people. This is the episode where I really was on board her uh, choices and confidence um, in being a hero, both sort of in and out of quote unquote costume.
0: I'm going to give it up for Henry, which I feel like is kind of an easy one. But the moral quandary he was going through all episode was really well played out. The discussions were good. It gets to the core of, like we were talking about, superhero versus supervillain. And I felt it was strong overall. And I'm excited to see what plays out next episode. I wasn't quite sure... Given that this episode was Brainwave, but there was so much focus on Brainwave Jr., why we were stretching this over two episodes. But I feel like I have a better sense of that now, and I'm excited to see what's next.
2: I would have said Henry, but I didn't believe, like, he knew too quickly what to do with the VHS tape and the player. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there's no way a younger kid would just be able to walk into a weird closet and know that right Oh,
0: yeah. You'd want to be like some sort of, like, kids
2: react thing. Be like, what is this? How do you – yeah, series play – Day one. <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when the first archaeologists found dinosaur bones, they were like, What is this giant human? <laughs> <laughs> More. If human you want to support our podcast, Pant.
0: If you want to support our podcast Patreon.com slash comic book club Also we do a live show every Tuesday at 7pm To Crowdcast and YouTube Come hang out, ask us questions about Stargirl We would love to chat with you live iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher Or the app of your choice to subscribe And listen to the show star guys Pod on Twitter, Instagram And Facebook Comicbookclublive.com For this podcast and more Starguys, Stargirls Gender doesn't matter We'll see you next time